So this morning I thought, oh, if I was preparing in Starbucks as usual, all I stayed with Sean in his wonderful home in Yucaipa last night. Last night I came back, I was back on a, coming back from a trip in Arizona. I was with four churches uh, ministering over 15 days. So rather than go all the way home, I got to stay with Sean. It was really good. So anyway, I still went over to Starbucks because, <laughs> and, um, and I thought, oh, I got to have a joke. So then I thought of two fun things that's happened recently. Uh, and, and they're true stories, but I think I can, I laugh when I think about them. So first one, on my Facebook post, I, January 2nd, <laughs> I'm having fun. So I wrote, so far, I haven't sinned in 2020. Well, you laughed. That's what I intended for people to laugh. <laughs> and uh, right away, someone just wrote the word pride. <laughs> and, and then he said, another friend told me to say that. And the other, this one is, uh, have you looked at a piece of lefsa lustfully? You got, lefsa is like Norwegian tortilla. And so, <clears throat> yeah, he's a joke too. And... Um, and, oh, I forgot to say, I haven't sinned in 2020. I'm on a roll. <laughs> so, Nancy Sutton, where are you, Nancy? <laughs> Hi, Nancy. You remember what you wrote? <laughs> okay, thank you. I'm pretty sure I was a sinner at 12.01 midnight <laughs> in 2020. However, I'm a forgiven sinner, so that's good. Another friend wrote, I've got a few extra extra sins you, I could transfer to you. <laughs> so anyway, um, <clears throat> that that's, was well, kind of fun. I was surprised that people didn't laugh, but so I, we had kind of a, and Facebook, one of the things that happen is that when you, one person posts, they end up talking to each other instead of to me. It's kind of, they have all this conversation, and so that can be fun. Then <clears throat> my, um, the other is, uh, I shared this a few times on this trip, and uh, this is a true story, but I thought it could be an only Lena joke, but actually it's really Joe and Judy joke. So <clears throat> it's not a joke, though, it's true. So I was saying to Judy not too long ago, you know, I don't think, I, I don't think I'm as good as at multitasking as I used to be. <laughs> and Judy said, you never were good at <laughs> multitasking. Judy has a way of speaking the truth and love. So anyway, so today uh, I will be teaching on one of the readings for this uh, Sunday in the church year. There's always an Old Testament scripture, a psalm, and uh, gospel, uh, epistle, uh, epistle and gospel. So I'm going to teach on Psalm 27, and it's going to be like a Bible study, or more of a Bible teaching, but I will... It'll sound like a little bit like a sermon, too. So <clears throat> we begin the script, first verse, Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is a stronghold or the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And think about the Lord's my light. If I walk in the light, John writes in 1 John, we have fellowship. And so part of walking in the light in that first epistle is, is uh, just confessing my sins and re realizing, oh, this is where I have, I need your forgiveness, Lord. 
And uh, <laughs> so I really have sinned. I sinned pretty early in 2020. Um, actually, what I wrote on that Facebook post was, I live in the forgiveness of sins, really. It's a living in the grace of God. So it's not like I'm in and out. And so when I've sinned, it doesn't mean I'm, I'm unforgiven. But I think I, when I confess it, it helps me just to identify it and also get honest with myself and speak the truth. Actually speaking, the truth today in America is pretty rare getting to be. I mean, it's, a, it's a, such a gift to have people who speak truth. And when we, when we don't lie, it's so good that we can be honest. And that way Jesus can deal with our hearts. So the Lord is my light. He's my light. And then he's my salvation. Oh, and uh, in terms of my salvation, I've been teaching in the last few months about salvation includes this attachment love of God. That God's love is sticky. Salvation is not just going to heaven when I'm dying. When I die, or <clears throat> it's not just justification of my before God, forgiveness. It includes that, but it also includes this this, this love of God that's permanent. And God intends us to have permanent love with each other. And so this church, House of God, in a way you're, you're demonstrating what permanent love looks like. Because you, you, I mean, you, God called you to be together and you're together. And it's, it's you know, uh, uh, much of church life is not that permanent, so I really I'll bless that Hesed love you have for each other. But we can grow in Hesed love, and, and there's part of this is, Lord, have, show me your mercy. Well, that mercy, the mercy word is another word for Hesed love. When I'm crying out today, Lord, have mercy. But that word is one of the, the English translations for the Hebrew Hesed, Hesed, which is a part of saving love of God. When we tell our stories and share our secrets, walk in the light, share our, our woundings and where we're broken, that's what then we can be, experience that chesed love with each other. And if you don't, when you know who I am, you know where I'm broken and you still have that mercy, that love that is permanent, that doesn't run away, that never leaves me, never abandoned me. That's what he... And there's a prayer about, you know, I was abandoned, but you didn't abandon me. We'll talk about that. But I just I had a thought about sharing trauma with each other. It's not a little different than sin. But over these last uh, two weeks, I have done 52 healing prayer counseling appointments in four different churches. So it's I hear so I I hear lots of stories and. People are not boring, you know. You, you know the stories that we have to live, we've lived and share with each other. And so, one story a week ago today, one of the members of this church in Phoenix, her little three-year-old girl died, and she told me, you know, it was not. It was happened quickly. Food caught in her throat, and, and um, I don't want to tell too much because it's hard to even hear it. And uh, her, her muscles are missing in her throat. They're weak. So anyway, the parents come in to see me. I had prayed with them a year ago, so I was so glad they weren't strangers. But last night, I'm, I'm dreaming about what, you know, what the story is. And so I know that I need to have Jesus be with me when I, look, when I talk about trauma. And I, so the way I do wounding, uh, healing for wounding, is I always have the person 
share a positive memory first and so that when it gets overwhelming and the pain, we can go to the positive memory and be with Jesus there. We start with gratitude and, and, and knowing where Jesus for sure is with us and then we can, can talk about the suffering. That's a little bit like walking in the light, but the light is a, it's a light with salvation. It's a light with, we experience with God's Hesed love for us. Um, interesting way of looking at this word from the psalmist when he says, if the Lord is my stronghold, of whom shall I be afraid? I mean, really. And Paul writes it this way, I have in your notes, but this is a good scripture for you to memorize. And in Romans 8, verse 31 to 39, he begins, if God's for us, who is against us? That's the first question he asks. Um, he who did not spare his only son, will he not give us everything with him? Another question. Who will bring any charge against God's elect? No one, no one can bring any charge against us because Jesus is taking care of that, whatever we're guilty of in terms of forgiveness. Who is to condemn? Is it Christ Jesus who died, who was who raised from the dead, who intercedes today for you and me? That's kind of an interesting picture today. Jesus is praying for the house of God, new people. I kind of wonder what he's telling the Father. Here are these people in the house of God. And he, I think he names all the things that we're needing his, the Father's help and wants to give us love. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? No! Paul says, no way, for we are more than conquerors, for, for there is nothing, nothing, no, nothing in heaven or on earth, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So if God is for us, and his power is greater than whatever we're facing, who, uh, whom shall we fear? Whom shall I be afraid then the, the psalmist writes, one thing I ask of the Lord. And, and, and he says, I want to dwell in the house of the Lord. I want to behold the beauty of the Lord. Best place, one of the best places to hold, behold the beauty of the Lord is in creation. God's goodness is manifest in creation. And then he said, I want to inquire of the Lord. That means asking the Lord, what does he want to give you today? You know, this is one way of understanding prayer. God, what are you putting in my heart that you want me to have? We listen, we inquire of the Lord, and then he tells us, and then we ask for it. So it's like prayer is God breathing in our hearts and minds and soul what he is giving us and what he wants to give us. That's what you can say. And I, I ask, what is that, Lord? And then he, um, we, we receive what he already has told us he wants to give us. So I'm going to lead you in a little exercise today called the Jesus Walk. And you know that I like to experiment with you. <laughs> so, uh, but you won't have to say anything out loud. Okay, so close your eyes. Just, uh, it's a real simple exercise of asking Jesus a question which the psalmist encouraged us to ask. So take a couple simple, gentle breaths. Um, 
from your, from your tummy and your shoulders still to help you quiet yourself. So you use your imagination a little bit with this kind of, just kind of put yourself, you're going to kind of fly out of this room and into a, up into a mountain pathway or just any kind of pathway where you see the beautiful grass and sky, blue sky with clouds or however you would picture a pathway that you walk on. And as you walk along this pathway, there's a stream, not a real big one, but a small stream. And you look over to the other side of the stream, and Jesus is standing there. Oh, he's there. You can notice, oh, yeah, you know that's Jesus. You can picture Jesus being there because he's always with us. Some of you will picture him maybe with a robe, or just know that he's there without even having a picture. But we're going to do what the psalmist encourages us, encourages us to do. Ask Jesus, what is the gift you want to give me today? So we're inquiring of the Lord, what is it? We're asking Jesus, what's the gift, or what is it you want to do for my heart today? Or maybe, how do you want to help me? Any of those ways uh, you could use to ask Jesus what he wants to give you. And then notice your first thoughts, your first impression when you ask Jesus that question. Respond to Jesus, what, what he gave you. What would you like to say to him? And then you can uh, walk back. Maybe you want to take Jesus with you. Walk back down the pathway that you are on. And then when you're ready, just be back present here with these beloved friends we have here. And you can open your eyes when you're ready. So I'd like some of you to say out loud, what's the gift? One word or phrase? Patience. Patience. Understanding, time. time, love, anybody have love? That was my gift. It's, a, it's an interesting way to pray. To, so much of prayer, right, is asking. And so this is like listening uh, um, what, to what God wants to give us. Okay.
the next uh, verse to look at in the in this Psalm 27 is is worship in his shelter in the day of trouble. That's where you'll find me, for he hides me there in his holiness. He has smuggled me into his secret place where I am kept safe and secure, out of reach from all my enemies. Big part of this psalm, isn't it? Deliver us from our enemies, from our foes. Triumph up now, I'll bring home my him my offerings of praise, singing and shouting with ecstatic, ecstatic joy. Uh, two questions there. What are your hiding places? Jesus is our hiding place. Or it's kind of a safe place. We also have safe places in our lives. People who are safe. Well, a lot of us have a safe place when we were children. Where was a safe place you would go? I think it's kind of fun to think about that. But there are ways that God has given us to to worship and, and praise. And one is singing, one is shouting with ecstatic joy. And I mentioned some, asked you, what's your favorite expression, physical expression of worship? Kneeling, clapping, raising hands, bowing, standing. This is just the physical expression. And one of them, expressions that I have in worship is liking to kneel. You remember what an altar railing looks like? <laughs> That's how we receive communion, right? We would kneel. And kneeling, uh, I'm not going to kneel down to demonstrate. I'm going to get a new knee Friday so you can pray for me. And uh, the doctor says in four hours I'll be walking home, out of the office, home, the hospital, home. Probably on a, some paint pills, but, uh, <laughs> or whatever. And so uh, kneeling, for me, is an expression of worship uh, where I'm kind of saying, I'm, you're God and I'm not. I want to get low before you. How low can I get? But I've often found that when I would kneel, and it was a way, somehow it was a way of releasing to God, surrendering to God. So... Um, I don't know. A lot of people grow up when they pray at night, they kneel by their bed and pray. Did anybody do that? Interesting. I think there's, that, that can be helpful. Um, so that's just a few comments about hiding place and, and kneeling in worship. And then the, then the writer of the Psalms, good possibility was David, says, Hear my voice when I call, be merciful to me. There it is. Permanent love is what I need, God. I need your love that never lets go, that clings to me. And um, my heart says, isn't that interesting how the psalmist writes that? My heart, that's it is. My heart longs for you. My heart says, I want you, Jesus. And the, and the reason my heart says that is because the Holy Spirit is putting it in my heart to long for it, to those things that God wants to give me. And, and so I ask for mercy. I seek his face. Remember that there's no word in Hebrew for face, I mean for presence, it's just the word face is used. When we're seeking God's face, we're seeking his presence. We want his presence. And then he talks about this interesting experience, not interesting, but common experience we have where he writes, my father and mother abandoned me. I'm like an orphan. I don't know how many of you are orphans now? Your mom and dad have died. It's kind of, you have your one parent one for a while and then the other parent dies. and So, oh, I'm an orphan. 
And so it's not like they abandon us, but some parents have abandoned their children. A child, I think, when a, a parents go through the divorce, uh, kids think that mom and dad do things because they want to do them. So it's pretty sometimes a child might think, well, my mom or dad don't want to be with me because they only choose to do what they want to do. And so it can feel like abandonment. I know when my dad died when I was seven, um, I, part of the healing was to forgive him for leaving me. Um, and that wasn't a big pain, but it was just a way of releasing him to God. I never was angry with God. I felt my dad left me. And so this word, this word, the, my father and mother abandoned me. I'm like an orphan, but God, you will never abandon me. You will never leave me. So I'm sharing with um, a couple one night before preaching. This was in Carefree. And we were just talking, and I had gone through this uh, challenge in pastoring in Huntington Beach where the senior pastor there took another, took, he planted a church three, three miles away in Huntington Beach, and, uh, and then I, I ended up being the senior guy. <clears throat> and, that's, and so I felt in some ways uh, abandoned or, and um, had some anger about how that went about, but uh, so uh, I think about three or four months later, I was talking to a friend. She's a therapist, and, and she said, I can help you. And so I started meeting with her, her and, and she died about a year ago, but she's a beautiful woman, you know, 85 when she died. But w my first time I met with her, she said, I'm not going to leave you, Joe. When I told this to my, this pastor couple, I started to tear up. You know, it's still there. That I could, you know, and the and the the strength of those words. I am not going to leave you. I know, pretty much, she's going to she's going to be with me as I as long as I'm wanting to be with her in terms of our friendship, but also therapy. Jesus said, "I will never, I won't, I won't, I will never leave you, never ever." And I, I'd like you to look at this blessing I have for each of you if you take out this little insert. I confess I, I wrote this uh, to Facebook friends, but I changed it to House of God friends. Um, and I, I definitely would want you to be included. Dearly loved House of God friends, I bless you in Jesus' name that you may continue to find and celebrate your special flavor. The unique ingredient God created in you, which you bring to your conversations, kindness, smile, and vulnerability as you are courageous to be your flavor. I feel protective when you do this, knowing that you have the risk you may be taking. I bless you in Jesus' name with Jesus' protection and strong arms of hesed attachment, sticky love. Jesus promised you, I will never leave you alone, never. I will not loosen my grip on your life so we can say with great confidence, I know the Lord is for me, and I will never be afraid of what people may do to me. There we have that promise again. The Lord is a stronghold of my life. Whom shall I fear? If God is for us, who is against us? I will never be afraid, because the Lord will never abandon me.
uh, two more verses. I'm, Psalm 27, I will remain confident of this. I see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. This is, a, I think it's helpful to confirm with kind of a confession. This is a confession. I, uh, and, I go, and he goes on to say, uh, um, well, he, I am confident of this. That's what he says. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So if you were to complete this sentence, I am confident, or I can say that I, I'm confident this, I know. What do you know for sure about your relationship with God? About God's love for you? Uh, and this I'm confident. I'm confident that God is a good God. When I counseled that couple and they lost their, and the, and the father was angry and they lost their three-year-old, and I said, it's so important when you deal with suffering that you begin with not go right to the why question if you can, but go to the, the truth. God is a good God. And so then we can go and ask why. But we start with, the, I am confident of the goodness of the Lord. And I am confident. I, this I am confident. This is what I know for sure. That what, what do you know? I know in terms of your faith. You know. Anybody want to say what you know for sure? This, this is I have confidence. I am confident that God is a God of love. I, I know that. Who will never fail us. I'm confident of this. This I know. God will never forsake me or, fa or, or fail me. Fail to love me. And, he, and another one, I'm confident of this. It, God wants, his, who said that one? It's good. Oh, I thought. But he, God wants the best for me. And God's a good God. I'm confident of this. Final one. Verse chapter number seven, verse 27, 14 of chapter 27. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Interesting, I, I write there some explanation of that word in Hebrew for wait. It means to tie together by twisting, entwine or to wrap tightly. Often we think of waiting on the Lord uh, as, as kind of passive. But it's not that. It's something I get entwined with God. I, I want to wrap tightly. I want to hold on to him. Or it can be almost a picture of wrestling with God. I'm in the waiting, I'm kind of I can be wrestling with God. Jacob wrestled with God all night. And it was a part of his, his this struggle. To, it, was, it wasn't passive uh, in terms of being with God and what he wanted, sharing what he wanted to have happen. I'm going to close. I invite you to sing a song about our hiding place. That I'm confident that this, that Jesus is my hiding place. And we can sing along. It's a simple song. Um, I think you'll learn it after you sing it through once. The words are in the screen. <laughs> 